previously on the Gilded Age, Bertha Russell finally won over Ward McAllister when she had him over for a British luncheon, which was made possible by neighboring butler Mr. Bannister. Unfortunately, Aunt Agnes caught wind of him helping the Russell family and in a huff went over there and made a whole scene, but Marion kind of saved it. It was a good move on Marion's part. But uh, on the contrary, Russell is still very much dealing with the blowback from this train accident and no amount of Red Cross coverage can cover up the fact that someone says that he signed off on this form that would get cheaper materials that wound up causing this accident. How will that come into play this week? Let's find out on the Lord of Grantham podcast. And we are back. Season one, episode seven of the Gilded Age. It's an irresistible change, Corey. What's going on? Uh, I don't know, man. A lot. What's going on with you? Not too much. Did you just send me? Oh, okay. You just sent me an article in the chat for. Yeah. So it's been a slow week uh, for Downton Abbey and the Crown and Bridgerton News, but there was one update. We got the first look at Jim Carter, a.k.a. uh, Mr. Carson from Downton Abbey in the Willy Wonka movie that is (laughs) being produced currently. Uh, Just sent that link to Dave. And Dave, give give me your first impression of seeing Mr. Uh, Jim Carter, 73-year-old English actor uh, in Wonka. He's very expressive. <laughs> Way more expressive than he has been in Downton. What, what can you say about his dress? It's not It's not too far removed from Downton. Are you talking about this overcoat and the bowler? <laughs> he looks identical to Mr. Carson. He looks like he just walked off the set of Downton Abbey, A New Era, and was just strolled onto the set of this Wonka movie they're producing. He's like, happy to be there. I strongly advise people go look up this picture of Jim Carter. He just looks so happy to be here. Yeah, we'll share it to uh, our socials because this is a this is a, <laughs> something that we can't not share. Yeah, I, I, does this make you more excited for the movie Wonka or still indifferent, Dave? I, I don't think I've ever been pro the Wonka backstory because I mean <laughs> the prequel. You don't want to see where the the man came from. As a, as a kid, I loved those books like, mm-hmm. unfairly, and I and I did like the Tim Burton movie as well mm-hmm. so i'm not i guess i'm not like opposed if it gets if it if it turns out to be good it'll be fine but i mean chalamet is not like a boy <laughs> what are we getting like 25 <laughs> year old yeah. wonka's story nah he's like a you know i don't i don't care <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i'm happy to see jim cardigan getting work is all oh yeah uh, yeah there there was a sire a fire that broke out on uh, sets used by Downton Abbey and Pinky Blinders back in the UK. It was uh, at a factory. Uh, so just an FYI, if we don't see certain living rooms or downstairs areas, just know that it may be because a fire broke out. Yeah, perhaps. And, you know, I, I think uh, Thomas Barrow was there again to save Edith. She was still sleeping there. and uh, Yeah, just when he was about to get fired. From, <laughs> he saved her from the fire. <laughs> All right. That is pretty much it that's going on outside of the Gilded Age, uh, more I mean, or less. We I did think. we did have some upload problems from our servers, so mm. I think some of our listeners on Apple Podcasts may have missed last week's episode, and 
we are sorry. We uh, something it went up online. It showed up on Spotify. It was showing up on all the other pod catchers, but for some it, reason, Apple wasn't catching it. It is a strange thing where if you search in, in Apple, it will show up in your search results, but it will not appear in our feed for whatever reason. Interesting. So we're gonna get on that. And if it's the kind of thing that if you listen to us every week, and we know the Gilded Age is a week to week show, you want to catch up mm-hmm. with us in a week. You don't see our podcast somewhere. This is one of those moments. Hit us up on the Twitter. Hit us up on email. DM us on Instagram. Just let us know. You know, you're not getting our content because we did it. We put the time in last week. And and people are watching the Gilded Age too. I keep getting questions every day. Should I watch the Gilded Age? Should I catch up with it? And it's just like, yes. And we have a podcast too. Tune in. We're keeping it rolling. We're doing this live. Exactly. And we're just part of the irresistible change. Isn't that right, Dave? I don't know how how much of a part we as two individuals are, but <laughs> we're we're just you know standing on the sidelines watching. We're definitely we're yeah we're the definitely the Marians of this episode. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit uh, left at the altar. Um, where do we want to start with this episode? Hmm. This is an interesting. There's a lot one. going on. There's a lot going on, and yet it's still a lean 44, 45 minutes. Great. You know, when I know. Factor in the, the credits and opening uh, as well. Uh. Do you want to talk about Larry first? That's a pretty quick one. That's what I was thinking. That is some low-hanging fruit, if there ever was any. Two scenes that just hammer the same point home? Yeah, the boy wants to be an architect. He wants to construct things. Yeah. So we see the episode begins with George unveiling Union Central Station to mm-hmm. this um, this little light-up sort of scale model. Mm-hmm. And in the the afterglow of this presentation where everyone is fired up about this larry says now's my time to tell dad that i want to be an architect goes up to him says pops i'm here with this guy who helped build our house and i just want to let you know i want to be an architect and george is like nah nah you work for me boy but then yeah he he doesn't understand at all where he's coming from (laughs) he's like you have a job already You, you work for me you want to design things but then the no. architect says, no, no, no. Well, actually, he just kind of wants to work with me for a few years, get some more skills, and then he wants to maybe come back for you. And then Larry, to yeah. his credit, it says, no, that's not at all what I want. I want <laughs> I to don't be an architect. Work for you, Daddy. Which I thought was a very big, bold, and, and brave move for young Larry to do that when mm-hmm. clearly this other wealthy person is trying to sort of clean things up to make something more doable for Larry. Larry says, no, no, no. These are my intentions. I'm not going to beat around the bush. And I like that George even calls out, this guy was trying to peacemake for you, and then you still shut him down. Boy. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? George can't knock it? What do you mean he can't knock it? He can't knock the fact that he, he can't knock Larry's gusto. Well, so that's what we see in the second scene uh, of this plot line for this episode, uh, is that there's there's a bit of a change of heart because Larry thinks about it and he take he takes a walk he runs into Marion and he's just like I'm having a bad day and Marion's like walk with me okay and he turns that frown upside down uh so yeah he gives it another go with his father uh and you know the way he pitches it is essentially that look you know you you're gonna leave money with me it'll, it'll be okay. You'll, you, you'll find people to take over your business. That's just mm-hmm. not my passion. I, I trust that you'll find someone to take it over and just, you know, leave me some money. I'll be good, Dad. 
just let me do what I want to do and make you proud. Because because he makes a fair point that you've already blazed a trail. What am I supposed to do to measure up to that? I can't just repeat what you've done because people just won't care. Mm-hmm. And I think that really gets through to, to George. And George is like, hey, man, we'll think. I'll, let me think on this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the cut of your jib, but I need to think for another week on this because I need to keep the list, uh, the viewers, you know, guessing as to where this goes. It would be great if next week on the Gilded Age, George all of a sudden is like, you know, Larry, I thought about your proposal last week. No, you're going to work for me, boy. <laughs> He's like, nah, 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 nah. You're not going to work for me, and, and you're not going to be an architect. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like they could do like a, a finer delineation of things here. I mean... Maybe they don't have to actually draw attention to it, but I think it's really important what they show here in that George is different from Bertha, whereas Bertha wants to control Gladys's every you know piece of her life. George is kind of the same with Larry at the start of this episode, but he's starting to see like, well, maybe that's not the way. Maybe mm-hmm. that's not an effective way to, to to be a parent here. And he's you know, well, I hope he sees a little bit more of that he's at least impressed with what Larry wants to do. Maybe I'm reading a bit too much into it, but no, he, no, I don't think you. Like, I don't think you're reading too much into it. I feel like it's one of those things that will really show this could be a game of thrones type of thing where they just totally bungle the fact that they've spent time developing and just hard pivot the other way but mm-hmm. who's to say i really don't th- i think that george will show that he is the more evolved man in the yeah. relationship with his wife as far well, as be, treating the children wouldn't it be hilarious when larry strikes out as an architect and then he's just terrible at it. He actually can't design can't anything. Can't draw a straight line. <laughs> yeah, he can't draw straight lines. It's all just sketches of like, you know, a box with a triangle on top. He's like, look at this. I designed a house. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to. I want to see the designs. I want. I want to see him fail. It's pretty much. It. I feel like we don't know enough about Larry for me to care either which way. I just think it's cool that he's. It's it's a good person for George's stubbornness to bounce off of. Yeah, because he's 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 getting heavy uh, on uh, on Bertha this week. He's he's kind of she's testing his patience, and for good reason. I know. Um, yeah, very much good reason. This man, there are receipts. We, we yeah. should probably save that for later because that's a big deal. Yeah, let's save that that uh, more important stuff for later. I mean, let's let's get to the one thing that's still low hanging that I was kind of uh, pleased about. We got some follow-up on what's going on with Mr. Bannister and who, uh, you know, may have blown his cover last week. Toot toot. I'm gonna, that's me tooting my own horn. What do you mean toot, you tooting your own horn? You still think it was the two people at the house? You still think it was Church and Madame, or, um, Monsois <laughs> Boudin, Boudin? I can't say this Frenchman's name on the show. I'm Absolutely. Sorry. You still think that? Turner gets fired and she says, I'm going to take the people that, that I'm going to take church down with me. And then the next scene is Bannister getting a letter about who did it. I don't think that that's, that's exactly it. She, she said she's going to reveal like who did it to him. No, I, I'm still thinking because the way they keep having Armstrong Peacock in this episode. So in this episode, uh, it, it starts with Oscar on the outs mm-hmm. because of what uh, Armstrong had told Agnes. And now Armstrong is downstairs just pleased as a as a can be with them eating some spare ice cream because oscar doesn't get to eat it because he got kicked out for that which by the way i don't know were they making all that ice cream for oscar that was a lot of ice cream no i think it was the luncheon was canceled oh okay so like they were you know whatever formalities they're you know it's like if you have a if you're in a bad mood and you have all this stuff planned out and then you cancel it you're probably not going to have the 
you know, if you cancel Thanksgiving dinner over a family dispute, you're not going to sit there and have turkey and stuffing. You're probably just going to have an angry, um, grumpy meal rather than <laughs> <Sure>. that. <laughs> yeah, so they get the, the spoils, which is the ice cream. But Armstrong is just really happy, and they, and they say, like, she knows something, which obviously, yes, she knows something about the Oscar situation. But the way she carries herself throughout this episode, even while he's, like, even while, while Bannister is reading the note of who did, uh, you know, who, who turned him in, She's in the background, just you know, strutting her stuff. I so you think I she's think it's her. she's made up a letter to give to Bannister to throw him off? No, 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 no. So I, then I, I think Bannister knows it's her, and he just doesn't care, right? Because he's then who would the, who would have told on her? I don't know, man. All I know, all I know is he says revenge is a dish best served cold. He's not going to be serving cold dishes to people across the street. I know that much. I think he's gonna. It, the timing of the scene. This isn't a whodunit. Julian's not trying to make <laughs> us figure this out. I think you're overanalyzing this way too much. I'm very curious. I mean, maybe you may be right, Dave. Maybe maybe I'm just dim. That's true. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. Um. But I get, we Where are we? talking about Turner, so why don't we just go finish that? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> sorry, can't help but laugh. Uh, uh, yeah, it gets reported that Oscar. <laughs> I'm just thinking about what Oscar wears in this episode again. Uh, the he's guy Will, looks he's like Will a clown. Smith from Wild Wild West. <laughs> Will Smith or, or Kevin Klein from Wild Wild West, the beloved or much maligned 1999. Dumpster fire of a blockbuster. <laughs> uh, those those shades—they're so tiny on his face, and yet they have the most garish gold uh, rims around them. Um, and he has a cane too. He's not blind. He has a cane. <laughs> I know it was a fashionable thing at the time, but he's walking around like he—he he should just, be in this Wonka remake. Yeah, just he looks like Wonka. Or, or like if you play Red Dead Redemption Two, he looks like the character where you just spent all the money on the highest, the most uh, expensive clothes in the game, and <laughs> that's how you walk around. Uh, Anyways, we're getting ahead of ourselves because, yeah, he, we see him storming out of the house because Agnes is upset with him because he won't be forthcoming of his relationship with Turner. He's, he's mm-hmm. trying to be honest with him, actually, and they're just not buying it because, you know, they they saw, they or at least they heard that they saw him, uh, her putting her arm, her hand on his arm affectionately. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Agnes puts it to Marion to say, you need to get her sacked. We can't let this carry on with Oscar. Yeah, because they say we can't write a letter because Ag- Agnes cannot be brought to do that. Mm-hmm. And also, we should we should note that Aunt Ada kind of tries to temper Agnes's act in the beginning and say like the "so your wild oats" argument. Yeah, let, like let, let Oscar, Oscar just do what around. he's going to do, and she says absolutely not. <laughs> it's hilarious to think though let him sow his wild oats I understand that this character is supposed to be like maybe like late 20s or something like that the man is like 42 how long are you going to sow your wild oats for in real life the actor's 42 that's all I'm saying I mean he, he could definitely play he look, He I would say he looks maybe 35 sure sure definitely I, not just, 25 exactly yeah um, but yeah Ada plays that role of just like you know just let him be him and Agnes is not having it and Agnes is like, how do you know what any of these words mean? It's like, get out of here, Agnes. Yeah. Just because she's a spinster doesn't mean she's dumb. Oh, and we should mention that in these scenes with Ada and Agnes, there is the humor of Agnes talking to Ada because she does not want to speak to Mr. Bannister directly. Mm-hmm, because <laughs> that, Bannister's in the doghouse for what he did. 
Yeah, and we even get the the joke later in the episode that uh, can we get John to do more? She doesn't even remember that Jack was the guy's name who served the luncheon while uh, Bannister was no out. No callbacks to the. Uh, oh, well, I guess no. Obviously, no callbacks to the the Muslim lawyer or whatever. That would. I mean, if yeah. only we could get that bit to come back. <laughs> I think I don't think it's done yet. Just just give it some time. Uh, but yeah, so Marion she goes to uh, Bertha and says we need her sacked can't tell you exactly why okay i'll tell you why it was because of oscar but she doesn't say <laughs> because of oscar she says it's because he's been oh, she doesn't tell what man it was right. fraternizing with a, a man that they know mm-hmm. and they just don't like to see it <laughs> they don't like to see her fraternizing with that man uh bertha isn't too crazy over it yeah but, but I, I think she sees the the social stock to do a favor this big for Agnes. Yeah, I mean the the I think the key thing is that she sees in the house uh, Turner talking to her son Larry mm-hmm. and she's you know, if she's if there's any truth to that story that she heard, she doesn't want him fraternizing with her. Um and does she know. Too, Yeah, Turner is talking trash around the house too. You yeah, know, we she, see, she we see church is not a fan of it. All these people downstairs are not a fan of it. Mhm. Yeah, she's just not friendly with anyone, and she's just speaking her mind too. How she's like, you know, not crazy about the upstairs. She's just, you know, they're all up to do. But and she uh, asked George's opinion. George is like, "Hey, do what you got to do. This is not my fight." Yeah, fire her if you got to fire her. Uh, and it comes pretty quick. She's she's just putting a necklace around around. Uh, the turns putting a necklace around Bertha, and Bertha's like, "I think we need to, have, you know, have some space for, with us. You know, and we need to take a little break." Yeah. Turner's uh, shocked, uh, kind of just takes it and just walks out because she's, she's going to be given a, a, at least a recommendation letter, which is critical mm-hmm. for finding another job. Uh, but she's not going to leave without trying to get with George one more time. Yeah. She, she walks into his bedroom, and I don't know if she's necessarily trying to get with him so much as tell him, like... Shame him for not getting with her. And see, yeah, very, and I think she thinks that he's behind all of this. Yeah, I, on some level, she I think she thinks so. But it really come, it strikes me as like a, a kitty from Arrested Development thing, mm-hmm. where it's like, say goodbye to these, <laughs> as she's walking out the door. <laughs> like, you ain't getting any of this. You could have. It would have been great. Now, did you, did it, you think there was an inkling of, after what's happened in this episode with George and Bertha, that this might have been a moment? He's and He's contemplating it for a second, like, huh. I could have just she walks gone out away. The door. She, she definitely takes her sweet time walking out that door, and you're waiting for George to be yeah. like, uh-uh, come here, situation, right. but nope. Can't keep a good man down. George is still good. Too good to be true. I guess so, but that's not the end of it for George, uh, Turner, and Oscar. They have another walkabout. Right, and that's where we see this ridiculous Oscar costume. <laughs> and it's a great exchange, though, where uh, you know she lets him know that you know they're kind of in the loop of what's going on there and uh yeah you, you know she's going to be looking for other people or whatever you know mm-hmm. and, and she says something along the lines of uh something about his prospects or whatever do you have the, do you have the line dave i did not write the line down uh what was it oh, they're planning a big uh you know ball for for gladys and 
what you call it, if, if they see him there, uh, their hopes will be shattered, the Russells. Uh, and, and then Oscar says, not much of a compliment for me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no one wants to see you, brother. You're 42. <laughs> a little old, man. <laughs> You're not 25, I'm sorry. But anyways. And then we get another shot of Oscar at the dive bar with his, with his uh, man friend sort of mm-hmm. saying that all is totally not lost. You know, with yeah, he's with, pivoting his plans. Yeah, uh, because there's some kind of you know positivity in that there's rumors of him being with a woman. I guess maybe I I, I didn't know how sure. to read that. Yeah. Like, were people assuming that he was just like you know maybe playing for the other team, or he was just going to always be single, or what? What's his living something. situation? Does he not live with? He doesn't live with Agnes and Ada. I thought he did. I'm not. It's not entirely clear. To every me. time he comes in, it's a, a fuss. Like he's over That's for true. lunch, and and when he leaves, there's all this food left over. Oh no, he must not live with them because that's where the that's where the man stays with him, right? Maybe, or comes to visit him. So uh, that's why I assume. But let's yeah touch on Gladys because uh, it's that's pretty small this episode too. Yeah, she's hanging out with the uh, little Aster, Aurora Aster, <clears throat> and they're they're working out the quadrille, quadrille, the dancing thing. For her, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you call it, them them revealing her to the world or whatever, unveiling. I don't know. The I apologize debut. for not. Yeah, debuting her. And she, mom comes in, Bertha comes in, and Bertha says, you know, let's pick a date. Let's make this thing real. And she says, huh? You What? You didn't say that was a thing. And she says, we've entertained. We've, we've previewed the house. Mm-hmm. Let's make a move. Let's make it happen. Yeah, and this People means this is more big news for Gladys. She can finally leave the house. But Gladys doesn't look too thrilled though, because it's a, it's another moment where Bertha's kind of inserting herself into her life, and I think she wants to have a little bit more of that independence from her. Like the her being with Aster kind of represents some kind of just you know break from the norm, and with Bertha trying to insert herself into you know their plans, it definitely doesn't look like it's sitting okay with her. Yeah, that's true. I do think. There's no denying that she's happy with with uh, Aurora Astor, though. I think that this mm-hmm. this is a budding friendship that that I mean is clearly already paying dividends. Whether or not, and I don't think I think she's also just sort of taken aback. I think this will sit well with her. And we see at the end of the episode, end of the episode that she is not in like dire straits personally. Yeah. Uh, what else can we cover that's going on? You want to talk about Chamberlain and Marion and Rakes? Yeah, I mean it's all kind of coming all to the same point here, right? Yeah. So in this uh, uh, in this meeting where Marion tells Bertha that um, to fire Turner, Bertha's also like, "Hey, look, we're going to see this Edison display that's going to be happening, and we got eight people, and I was wondering if I could invite Mister Rakes and not you." And Marion's like, oh, sure, cool. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, she, she definitely feels on the outside looking in uh, for that. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, we see that. Well, we is- should note know that, yep, she, you know, that uh, Bertha does go through a sacking turner. So she sends a note back to the house, which Agnes reads. Uh, and then, you know, has, uh, was it Peggy, write a very, you know, unaffectionate letter to send back mm-hmm. uh, so there's that little interaction yeah so and and now pivoting back rakes is just standing on the street 
Yeah, that's what is one to do. He he's just waiting for Marion to come out. And she says, How long have you been waiting here? And he says, About an hour. <laughs> the man has nothing better to do, even though he's a lawyer. This is yeah, this uh, is the this is eighteen eighties. There's no he didn't bring a book. Mm-hmm. He's just standing outside of a house watching the door for an hour. You don't and think he'd says, be like brushing up on some law material or something like that? Like No, I guess not. Yeah. And he, and he's you know, Marion says, Look, we gotta move because Aunt Bertha's or Aunt Bertha, Aunt Agnes is gonna look out the window and see us and, and get upset. Mm-hmm. And so they go for a walk and then it's like, Oh yeah, remember Chamberlain said that we can go chit chat at her house. He's like, I'm down. That sounds like a good time. <laughs> I'm interested. Yeah. So then uh, they go to they go to Chamberlain's house. Mm-hmm. And it's a little less uh dirty than we I th- than I think maybe we thought it was gonna be. <laughs> Right, like they're legit going to serve them lunch. It's like, oh, I thought that was like a euphemism, but no, no, they're really just going to have lunch. Uh, but yeah, Chamberlain leaves them some moment, uh, you know, some time to speak to each other. Mm-hmm. And Marion brings up to him about the what Bertha proposed to him going to the the, the light showing uh, that she won't be there. But the man makes it clear he's still invested in her. He's still interested in her. Yeah, even so far as. What's he want to do, Dave? He wants to. Well, he wants to marry her. Yeah. He's, he's, he's snogging her. And they're, he, they're kissing. He says some some. He puts her in the the vocabulary he uses in this sequence, where he's like talks about their love, but he doesn't mm-hmm. give her the option to consent and ever say the word herself. And I think this sure. is very troubling for me. It's a red flag for you. Oh, so this is a huge red flag for me. Where he says like, "Our love will be." Like, is our love not this? Like, he 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 chooses. He never allows for her to say that she loves him. He talks <laughs> about their love as it's an implication. To be fair, she is kissing back though. She she's in. Yeah, you don't need to love to kiss. That's I mean, haven't haven't we learned already from this show? Turner didn't love. I guess she did say that she would have loved George, but yeah, Julian has showed us in the past that you don't need to love to kiss. Let's bring it back to Kamal Pamuk if you want to go that far back. There's some weird uh, like uh, discussion though where um, I think I think he brings it up. There's so many distractions in NYC. Uh, he is like NYC in New York City. Uh, it's easy to to drift uh, down the wrong path, uh, and that was like a weird thing to to bring up. He's like, I just you know, th- them together will be strong enough. And it's like, what are these like bad paths you could go down, Rakes? It seems like you're just going on the upward trajectory, bro. Yeah, I mean the fact that uh, he knows the social implications of being caught at Chamberlain's house means mm-hmm. that he's climbed this ladder pretty quick because even Marion didn't know who she was. Yeah, he's aware of the game. And, he, and he's got to be playing it well if Bertha you know, asked for him to be the man to show up to the, the lighting that's going on later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Chamberlain comes in and offers some advice because she is somebody that has lived through mm-hmm. troublesome love. And she says, don't rush. Don't rush into things. Take your time. Be cool. Can't hurry love. But that's that's when Rakes asks if she loves him and marry, right? He says marry her, like marry him, right? Right after Chamberlain tells him that? Yeah, exactly. I think it's a very poignant moment to have that conversation. <laughs> Don't, you know, just make sure you're in love. Yeah, we're in love. Okay, so says one of you at least. Um, we'll see because it was, you know, again, Larry running into Mary in this episode seems to suggest there's going to be a love triangle going on. And I hope a brawl. I hope that's what we get out of this. That'd we get two fun. men fighting over Marion. 
I think we need that. We need some fisticuffs. And then we see there's a scene where Ada and Agnes and Marion are kind of talking about uh, Rakes climbing the social ladder and Agnes is still hard set that he's not a changed man, that he is still an adventurer. And Marion in a huff walks away. Right. Once once he's you know, climb the ladder high enough, he will just dispose of Marion and, and move along. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, they, and, and, and they say that she's in the good, good, you know, good standings with Aurora Fane, to which uh, Aunt Agnes said that as of late, Aurora Fane has been very socially promiscuous. So. Yep. You know, as being <laughs> basically not a fan socially friendly with Bertha. Uh, yeah, it's sold off to Bertha effectively by her husband who just said, "Look, this is what you have to do to stay in the good graces financially." Yeah. By the way, <clears throat> one more comment on Marion. She mentions that the t- like near the top of this episode she's been shopping at Bloomingdale's or in the middle of the episode. Mm-hmm. Her dresses definitely look a lot fancier in this episode. She's definitely like living that lifestyle of, you know, r- you know, real tight fits, real fancy. Yep. I know there's a whole world of people that obsess over the period piece fashion especially in these fellow shows and we're not experts yeah. on it but we can say yes it's yeah. a thing <laughs> it breaks us in um i think there's one piece to touch on before the main thing with george which is peggy yep she goes to the ttf's house or shop uh, thomas t fortune t thomas uh, fortune t thomas fortune I'm sorry. real man real name Real fortune. Not not that really jacked. Not that really jacked in real life. Uh, <clears throat> but he is happy with her work that she's turning in and wants her to come to the lighting. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, and then the, the rest of the story is sort of revolves around the lighting and the, bur- the Russells. Mean, they do show up at the lighting, and we see him put his, ar- his arm around her back to, like, move her forward, and they, they call attention to it. You know that he's putting his arm around her. T-t- do you think T-t- Fortune? Do you think he's going to r- romance Peggy? I don't know. I think. I mean, I, I think that's what they're hinting at. But I don't. If he's real, can they get away with that? That's the thing. I love the idea that they're just insert, inserting historical figures to like potentially hook up with the main characters. It's like that. Like, it's like Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, or something. Benjamin like, Franklin. How long, how long before Thomas Edison gets in like a fist fight with George? Or uh, you know, um, or he's the he's the fourth the love square. Oh yeah, well let's get Turner with Edison. Why not? Oh I mean, man, that would be great. <laughs> what, what? Why stop there? You you know, like it's it's just so strange to think this is a real man. They're like, yeah, he had inclinations maybe with her. Well, we'll see. Who knows? I mean, we have Aurora Astor playing around with Gladys. That's the real person yeah. playing around with a fake person. So who knows? I know. Uh, Claire Barton, obviously. Tom, oh, Thomas Edison is palling around with George Russell this week. Right. And Mr. McAllister, even him. Yeah. <laughs> like half the cast is increasingly just becoming like this, like it's almost like some fan fiction of like these people are alive at the same time. Let's put them in the same universe. Yeah. This is Julian's having the time of his life. Absolutely. How long until like imaginary characters start showing up and stuff? Well, how long until like history the- classes start teaching about the Russell family? Yeah, right. And their interactions with with the Thomas Edison and T. Thomas Fortune. Just retcon history and just say this show is a documentary. We'll say um, that, that, speaking of real things, uh, T. Mm-hmm. Mr. Fortune brings up the fact that a colored man 
helped des- design the coil in the light bulb. Yeah. And I did not write down the name, or did I? I don't think I did. But I didn't I think catch that's... it either, but it's pretty awesome that they, they shot that out. Yeah, I think that's that's a very uh, cool thing to do for them. It's almost going to be like the focus of their article. Like, hey, by the way, it wasn't just Edison making this whole thing possible. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just as important. So, hell yeah. Uh, yeah, let's get to the George business. So there's this letter that he thinks he signed off, but or he doesn't think he signed off, but has his handwriting and his signature on it. Yeah, and so there's a little bit of a gray area to it. So the note that he wrote to the man who's suing him, Dixon, uh, that we don't see, was that the price is ridiculous. Find a cheaper option. Don't care how you do it regarding the metal that they use to construct these trains mm-hmm. and railway. Uh, and to his knowledge, they paid the full price. Uh, but it seems like there's got to be some money missing, you know, because there wasn't, uh, what was it? The estimate was submitted without his knowledge. It wasn't necessarily traced back to mm-hmm. uh, this Dixon guy. So he he thinks there there's some wiggle room in here that this guy must have just been skimming, yep, skim, skimming. And I mean, there's no envelope of the letter. Mm-hmm. He says, "Not that that's a big deal, but why would you say? Why would you bring that up in the narrative if it wasn't a big deal?" Yeah, because the implications are huge here for George. He the he would be charged with manslaughter by negligence mm-hmm. uh, if found guilty. Not great. What? No, no. The hard times for George, and he, it doesn't seem like Bertha understands that. <laughs> no, his back and is it, against the wall. It doesn't make any sense why she's so clueless. Because he's basically yeah. saying, you know, maybe we shouldn't go to this lighting because I'm kind of in the doghouse and I might be tried for manslaughter. And she's like, right. but Ward McAllister's coming, and I already have two care. He's like. Who cares? I might go to prison. Yeah, there, there's going to be a hearing <laughs> to determine the crime, and like he's like you're tra- you're acting like this is a joke, and it's not a joke. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of yeah astonishing how just Bertha's. I mean, you you feel for her in that he continues to put down her ambitions and stuff, but she also has to recognize. I don't think he's putting down her ambitions. Apart. I think he's got so much on his mind. Mm. That he just doesn't have the time to think about her ambitions. I don't think he's actively putting anything down. He's just sort of, you know, when you have a really terrible day, especially on the level like you might go to jail and your <laughs> wife is like, Ward McAllister is coming. And it's like, I don't care about this right I don't now. want to interact with Nathan Lane again. This will be the third week in a row. This guy's a ham. Can we just <laughs> Can Broadway let him open back up again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't probably opened. Can you just go back to work? Get out of here, Nathan. Um, but yeah, man, uh, hard hard times for, for for George, and that's why when Turner confronts him, it just seems like he may be contemplating for a moment, like, huh? I yeah. could use a little stress release right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, so he has his interaction with Larry this episode. Uh, we we do hear that you know Oscar has been writing letters to George, uh, you know that he has his support, which. He appreciates. Yeah, so ba- sure. Bertha basically figures out. She just comes to the implication that it is mm-hmm. Oscar who was seen with Turner. Yeah, and then George's like, "Funny that you say that because right now I got this letter. Yeah, and he's supporting and, and he, me. Yeah, because he also references, you know, I'm the rich man. This makes me the villain. People are going to look at me like uh, I'm guilty. So, 
Gotta go see Edison to turn on these lights and make people happy. Yeah, which is kind of brave of him. He could either, he might be going to jail. Yeah, you know, it's a light show. And like it's very important for someone like of his his stature to, to be there. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, this episode's so short. They they really get to, you know, that really quick. They're they're gonna turn on the lights and they you know, we see the, the carts, the carriages where they are. There's a lot of people standing to watch this turning mm-hmm. on because it's like the first time one building with all these lights are turning on. Uh, Mar- Marion is at home with Agnes and Ada staring at, at nothing. Agnes, Agnes is asleep. Yeah, Agnes can't even stay up. Uh, Marion is definitely uh, dege- feeling dejected from not being part of this whole thing. Yeah, and, and the fact that I, I think in her head she kind of thought that something would happen where rakes would finagle away for her to be there or that rakes would turn down the invitation and make something special for them and, and nothing wound up happening she's a little she seems a little jealous a little jealous I think, mm-hmm. of, of him being out in the town um it'd be interesting though if like there is a jealousy that develops with them based on class and not necessarily on relationships because mm-hmm. i feel like we, we already see going down that road and uh, like and we've seen that a million times, but you know, Rakes is in the cart, and the girl next to him is very interested in him, and wants to keep learning more and more. And, and Bertha's and she, not putting her foot down on it either, you know. They, they, they do reference she's like a rich person too, because that comes up when they're talking when Marion's talking to Bertha that uh, the, doesn't she have like rich parents or something like that? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Bingham. Bingham is her name. Sure. And, yeah. <laughs> either way, and they have it's, a con- it's somebody it, who's who's just fine socially. Right, and they're talking about uh, Newport and visiting Newport, and it's like, yes, they all have money because Newport's the place to be. Yeah, the place to have a summer home. That's where Ward McAllister's wife is. It's like, wife. bro, wife, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you are a southern gentleman, aren't you, man? Come on, you don't. Go I to think Newport. he did the <laughs> at least twice in this. It's like one scene this episode. <laughs> Nathan, how many? How much do you think Nathan Lane gets paid to laugh each time in an episode? three grand I think that's fair yeah just to slip him a few grand and he's just like <laughs> I think it's crazy understated how two weeks ago they were like Ward McAllister is an impossible person to get mm. and his approval means so much and then he's just like oh why don't you come sit in a car with us and watch this building get turned on and he's Hang like out. <laughs> I'll be there yeah and Dave where are you on Newport are you a fan not a fan don't care I mean Newport. I, I one time I was at a bar in Newport and I saw a, a fist fight. <laughs> Wait, is that where you went mudding that one time in a truck? No, no, no. That was that was no. not Newport. New, I did Newport. I did the mansions a few times as a kid and then went as an adult. Mm. And uh, it's fine. I don't love Newport. I don't like. You know, I know that we have this podcast, but I've never been super obsessed with this sort of old money mansions and stuff like that. It doesn't make yeah. me excited. Yeah, not 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 our style. But Newport is uh, but, Rhode Island is great. I love I love a, a New England beach. So, yeah, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, but, so uh, let's get back uh, to this, Bingham, this historic event. Yeah, Bingham invites so uh, I think Rakes to visit. Right? She mentioned. Yeah, mentions and they it. basically and, and Bertha too gets kind of talked into maybe you need to look into the Newport as well by yeah. Ward. And that's when they cut back to Marion looking so sad at home because <laughs> she mm-hmm. won't be invited. But they're dining in those carriages and everything, and yeah, yeah. There's also that little down. subplot of all the downstairs staff at uh, 
at the Russell house being uncertain about how to serve and stuff like that. And it's, oh yeah, they reference that a couple times. Like, yeah, dude, dude, do you know how to pack like for a picnic almost? And one of one of the guys is afraid of a horse. It's like, yeah, we don't know these people enough for you to. You can't throw these this many characters. We're seven episodes in. I don't care. You, you know what it is? Is they as Julian looked at the runtime or looked at the script and it's like, okay, this will only go for forty four minutes. What can I put in here for thirty seconds to help hit that forty four minute mark or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, he says, let's put a couple red shirts in there to just sort of serve food on carts and be afraid of horses yeah but you know credit credit to them they do make it look pretty cool you know with the the one thing being lit up in town you know in front of them and they're all looking at it marveling at it the age of achievement when anything is possible Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool and then uh is it ward who says this is this is a turning point in history Uh, yeah McAllister. yeah yeah and and george is up there with edison They're, they're hitting the switch Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and that's you know they're they're amazed that they're headed in the right direction. They're going to go where history. Or is takes it them. the right direction? Is that uh, Bertha who says that, or is that Ward who says that as well? I think it's Ward. Yeah, he's talking most. He's of the kind end. of talking to himself. He's the. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta go back to Newport. I'm sure, guy. <laughs> but he says his wife is like perfectly fine there, so I feel like he's just living his best life. Also, absolutely. If if he's playing this character the way that he's playing this character, I have a feeling it's not a very romantic relationship he's leaving up there. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the whole episode, right, Dave? I yeah, think we basically. It. That's, far, that's it. I that's all. I think we. I mean, maybe some d- details here and there. What? Breezy, how, how, how'd you yeah. feel about it, Corey? Good one. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it was forgettable. It wasn't an, an empty like finale push you know let's let's get toward the finish line but it also was the most exciting there are only two episodes left so it's kind of strange where i think the most consequential thing to happen this episode was the firing of turner and everything else is just kind of Mm -hmm. more table setting um yeah and i feel like larry is throwing larry into a love triangle with with marion and tom rakes i think this week in particular made me realize how you know, we're, there's been a lot of shade thrown at Louisa Jacobson for her performance, but I think Thomas Cockerell, he's mm-hmm. no, he's no uh, Marlon Brando. As Rakes? Yeah. I can't figure out his accent. I, it just, it seems a little all over the map to me. Yeah. So I don't think he's he's very good, to be honest, as a okay. performer. And I don't think Harry Richardson as Larry is very good either. So I feel like this. There's so many good characters and good performers here. I think like Peggy is great. Obviously, Ada and Agnes are great. Bertha is great. George is great. Yeah. Even Oscar uh, does what he has to. Oscar's do. really good. That he's he's hammy. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Farmiga ties to Farmiga is good. I just feel like those three. This love triangle is like the least interesting thing, and it's kind of the the a plot. Yeah. Or at least you know one of the a plots. Sure. So I, think I have a tough time with that. Done much? Yeah. That's that's fair, dog. Uh, yeah, pretty good episode. Just just fine, but humming along. Uh, we mm-hmm. got power rankings to get to. Yeah, we. Yes, we do. That we got to flip the lights, turn the power on here. Mm-hmm. So who do you got going down, Corey? At number three, I got George. Uh, he might be going to jail soon. He's not happy. He's uh, letting his wife know about it. Uh, and his son may become an architect, which is maybe even worse than going to jail for him. So. Wow. Especially if he goes to jail, that'd be really bad. Who's he turned the company over to? Not his son. He's busy making <laughs> sketches. <laughs> He's drawing Lincoln logs. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, go, uh, number three, I got Marion because I feel like okay. she's just a pawn this week. She doesn't get to do much, and then she does have this little moment with with Tom Rakes in Chamberlain's house, but it 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 seems less and less genuine and more and more hormonal. Sure, I mean I have to, uh, Marion at number two as well, where you know. She's kind of taking L's this week. She's being asked to sit on the sidelines, even while she's doing work for Agnes and uh, Ada to get, you know, turn her sacked. And uh, she's not happy for the first time. It seems like this whole series, you know, Mm -hmm. she's just really not getting what she wants for once. Uh, So, I mean, yeah. Sorry, Marion. Yeah, tough luck. Well, I got Agnes at number two. two. Okay. Because her stubbornness is really starting to erode over her into her her character you know she's she's not all this anti-rakes rhetoric is turning marion against her she has to flex on marion and say look i don't ask i don't demand much of you but i'm demanding that you do this Mm. and then we see she still won't talk to banister and also just the fact that this huge monumental irresistible change is occurring with this power uh, display she basically forbids them to be there and says, you know, this is what we do. And then we see all they're doing is sitting around sleeping while Aunt Ada does needlepoint. Like, you could do worse things than sleep. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I just feel like she's supposed to be the big heavy. And okay. and we're not getting that. She, she's all right. kind of failing in my book. Well, who's going down? I, for me, number one, it's got to be Turner. It's Turner. She lost her job. She's on the outs. What's she, she going to do? And, and she's not even sure all the way why. You know, I think Broadway called and she had a role there, so she had to get back to work. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a shame, uh, especially because she, she seemed like such a power player, potentially. I, I feel like we didn't get to see more of her doing work, but we'll but this, see how she figures is, into the picture. This is how right. Julian operates with these anti-authoritarian characters. Mm. They come in and they scream and then they either soften or they leave. Get them out of there. Yeah. So Braithwaite leaves. Uh, what's the teacher? Leaves. Yeah, some, somehow I feel like this isn't the last we've seen of her, but I'm curious to see what turn it takes. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think, th- I think that she'll stick around a little more, but I don't think, you know, her power is lost. I don't. What's she really gonna do? Sure. Who's going? Well, well I guess now I got to start because yeah, who, who's make, going establish the rapport. I think yeah. La- Larry has a big week. He, he takes. I, a lot I got of, Larry at number three as well. It takes a lot of courage to go when your dad's one of the richest men in the world. And mm-hmm. say, I want to go, go my own way. And then have him soften. Yeah. He actually achieved, you know, something. He got through to his dad a little bit. So, you know, all the more power to Larry. And he talked up Marion, you know. She was there as a shoulder to lean on. So good for Larry. Yeah, good for Larry. Not Larry's a good actor. <laughs> Stiff. He's okay. He's Larry. I don't think he's, he's given him much to do yet. I'll, I'll wait and see with him. Yeah. Well, who's number two? Well, who's number two for you? I got Tom Rakes. Okay. Because he's... He's climbing and he's, I don't like what he's doing. I don't like the way that he talks to Marion about their relationship, mm-hmm. but there's no denying he gets the eighth seat in that carriage to go watch the lighting display. Yeah. He gets Marion to finagle this situation with, with Chamberlain for them to have a conversation. I think he's climbing these, this ladder, whether or not he actually wants to. Sure. Well, and number two, I got Agnes because I think it's, you know, a huge flex where she just sends Marion across the street to go get uh, Turner sacked and succeeds. 
<laughs> like she doesn't even have to lift a finger. She just makes it happen like that. <laughs> Especially after uh, last week. I guess that's fair. I, I think that she's kind of depressing, but I understand how it can be spun that she, way. She does put Bannister in the doghouse. She doesn't acknowledge him at all. She just kind of talk, just trash talks him while he's in the room, which is like great. And then she doesn't even care about the lighting. I love that. It's like I don't need to see that. I'll see it sometime. Whatever. I'm a. I'm I'll above see you that. Light. Yeah, I'm going to sleep now. That's a that's queen stuff right there. That's Agnes. something you never even see on Downton is them just sort of doing nothing. Yeah, I love it. It's great. I got money. More downtime. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, who's number one, Dave? You know, is it this? This was a difficult week to pinpoint who had the best week. Yeah, don't tell so, me it's Thomas Edison. I mean, it's not Thomas Edison. Okay, because I, I mean, he probably won with what with the show he put what on. He but, did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got Gladys at number one because I think this is a big. Really, she has like one scene. She has the scene with the big social scene with Aster. She's get she's coming out. She's been even even if she hasn't gotten her way with Archie Baldwin. Mm-hmm. She's moving in the right direction, and I think they show her at the. She gets to get front row seats at the. At the lighting. Oh man, come on now. This is this is like a charity game here. Gladys, I don't, I don't see it, dude. I mean, she, who who's better? Who better? Rakes the borough proposed to a woman this week. He got invited to Didn't a lighting. Yes. He got invited to Newport. This guy is just climbing the ranks, and everyone is just. Hanging on him, wanting to know what's next. This is absurd. This guy is a nobody, and he doesn't even have a convincing accent. And people love him. I would love that if that was like the big reveal. Is like he's not even from America at the end. He's like French. Yeah, he's, he's just been he's a liar. Bald end son. He's like from Boston. He's a Southie or something. Like yeah, you know, I, I won't even try it. But yeah, Rex is just raking it in, man. This week, I just don't like him. I think his intentions are impure. Yeah. But he is skating. That's true. Doesn't mean he's not winning. We'll see. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that is this week on the Gilded Age. Two left. Uh, Yeah. How do you think this season's going to wrap up, man? That's tough because I don't know what the end game is. What's the logical conclusion of this this story? Yeah, I have no idea. And of course, we're getting to season two. So, like, what's the cliffhanger? Like, is it George going to jail? That'd be that'd be incredible. No, I don't think it's going to be George going to jail. Okay. Will we find out what what's his name is up to? Watson. <laughs> that would be that was the hammer at the end of the last episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have no idea there. Um, there's got to be more of an intersection between Agnes uh, and the Russells by before the end of the season. They, they've spent two like I mean we had the brief run in you know last week, but we got to have some kind of blow up between the two of them. There's been I mean, too I, much I, of a just Cold War. Bannister is gonna have his moment. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I feel like is gonna, and I feel like uh, something's gonna happen with Gladys. She's gonna either find somebody. Maybe the finale is her her debut. Maybe the finale will be two hours long, just based on you know how we know Julian operates with making long <laughs> season cappers. Well, we got two we- two weeks to or one more week of potentially normally length episodes yeah. before we get there. So yeah, that's not bad. Nope. And you've been watching anything else, Corey? Anything else in the, the docket? Well, I had a busy weekend. I was in Florida. I was only there uh, for 42 hours, mm-hmm. uh, as, I, as I do. And um, my Friday was pretty busy. I woke up, you know, as I mentioned last week, I've been obsessed with Love is Blind Season 2. I woke up at 8 a.m., watched the reunion episode, loved it. 
Incredible. It's some of the best TV I've seen. And you did not watch uh, season one. I did not watch season one, but I watched all season two and that reunion, and so good. The Lachey's they earned their, their paycheck. Uh, you know, went for a run, flew to Florida, uh, saw my friend Annie down there, asked her, have, do you watch Love is Blind season two? And she's like, yeah. I was like, have you watched the reunion? She's like, no. And I watched the reunion again that night. <laughs> so, so of the 42 hours I had in Florida, I spent it watching again this reunion because I firmly believe <laughs> Love is Blind season two is one of the greatest seasons of TV I've ever seen. Are you going to watch season one? No, I don't think if it doesn't live up to this, I don't want to see it. This is just. Were like people the peak saying that season two is significantly better than season one? Uh, everyone I've talked to has has said as much. Everyone on there is just out of control, man. And the reunion was wild. so. I guess I got to watch Love Is Blind season two. <laughs> I can't recommend enough, man. I, it I, is the I juice. could not stand season one. <laughs> this is this is the the truth, man. This is the juice. This is, you want it? <laughs> Trust me on this. Okay, you know I don't know if it'll it'll happen soon, but I'll I'll give it a go. <laughs> I I mean I like. I like the circle, so I, I like a Netflix reality and, show. I watched one hour and it turned into six. I don't know what happened. It, anyways, interesting, Dave. What, what have you been watching? Not too, too much. Uh, I, I watched the French Dispatch, the Wes Anderson movie. Finally, oh, how was that? I loved it. I like Wes Anderson, but I'm always worried that he's going to be too, too quirky. Twee. Yeah, and he was not too quirky. Good, uh, okay. good, good Chalamet. Everybody loves some mm-hmm. Chalamet. Oh, Willie. Okay, your nicknames for these people? Well, I mean Willy Wonka. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about Owen Wilson in the movie. Oh no, no, Willy, Willy Wonka, Timothy Chalamet. Uh, what's his name? Is really good. Um, Benicio del Toro. Okay. Big. I mean, all Wes Anderson so now movie. does. He fle- He just flexes with these casts. Also, also streaming on HBO right now. Yeah, you hear that? If you're <laughs> big plug, yep. give us free Max membership, please. Yeah, anything. Well, that's good. And otherwise, uh, not too much. Yeah. Well, I think we can wrap it there. Otherwise, you know where to find us. Gmail, Twitter, Facebook. We, we got to work on a, a Patreon episode that we'll get to you. That's true. I think later. we're going to have to do some sort of stacking on these Patreon episodes. We're going to get we get the numbers out, but it's one of those things that you, you're traveling. Listen, we're all living. Life is this is a crazy time of again. year. <laughs> I got to move again all of a sudden. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where we are. But yeah, you know where to find us. And if, and if we do, if, if you've made it this far in the episode and there have been technical issues at any point, reach out to us because we want to try to make this as easily accessible to you as possible. Absolutely. This is a new era, you know? Let's, Irresistible let's change. Exactly. Yeah.